Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 430. Yes, folks, the shows are just flying by. And I've got a really great guest. He's a friend of the show in general. He's been on my other show a couple of times. He's always welcome on our roundtable show. And that's Jason Resnick. Jason, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, as you said, my name's Jason. Uh Res online with three Z's, by the way, and uh, I I've been running my own web development business and email marketing automation business now for nine plus years, almost a decade by myself, um, just helping my customers get more customers and create raving fans and grow their businesses. But I also in recent time, in the past year and a half, I've been helping other developers and designers essentially do the same thing, be able to realize what their dreams were, what their aspirations were when they started their own business. So I do that through coaching and uh, the Feast community. You know, we'll be talking about a number number of um, sectors with Jason. He's enormously knowledgeable, and I'm sure you're going to get some value from this discussion. And also got my great co-host, Adrian. (coughs) Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Good morning, everybody. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We produce sales and marketing automation tools as plugins for businesses that primarily use WordPress as their website builder of choice. That's great. And before we go into the main part of the show, I'd like to mention one of our major sponsors, and that's Kinsta Hosting. And what is Kinsta Hosting? Well, they only host WordPress websites. I personally feel they're one of the best hosting providers in the WordPress hosting environment. Um, they host the WP Tonic website. They've been doing that for almost two years, and it's been flawless. Um, if I have had a minor issue, I just go on to chat and I'm speaking to a dedicated professional that really knows WordPress and knows what they're talking about. So there's no messing about. There's no um, being passed to somebody higher up in the food chain. The problem's just dealt with. And they host all their websites on Google Cloud Platform. It's some of the best technology in the world. What you get from Kinsta is a great UX design backend design with all the features that you're looking for, staging site, one-click backup, latest versions of PHP. I could go on and on, but they've got some of the latest, best technology available. And as I said before, the other factor is you get some of the best support on the market 24-7. And when you have a problem, especially if you've got a membership site, WooCommerce, i.e. you're making decent money from your website, you need good hosting so if that sounds really great go over to kinsta.com have a look what they've got to offer and i suggest that you should sign up and if you do that please mention that you heard about them on the wp tonic podcast right jason i think um our, our listeners and viewers have got feedback they like to know a bit about the history of the person that we're talking to can you give us a quick synopsis how you got into the crazy work world of wordpress development yeah, obviously, I mean, it's what I've built my business on. And it didn't happen overnight, obviously. But um, 
I started out really as essentially I worked full time for a consulted firm during the dot com explosion, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, And I got a taste of all different types of technologies. I was a developer. I did Java development, Ruby development, PHP development, .NET, a whole plethora. Basically, whatever the startup needed that my company put me in a seat of, uh, I had to learn it, right? And so I got a good taste of all these various different technologies that I love or loved and hated, uh, depending on which one it was. But for me, it it gave me the the knowledge and experience to say, you know, which technology would fit well to provide a good solution to a business's problem. And when the whole thing fell in on itself, because this consulting firm essentially put their eggs all in the advertising bucket, and so all of those companies fell <laughs> fell in on themselves, uh, I was laid off. Um, they basically didn't need, we were as big as 2,400 people. And by the time I was laid off, there was only 400 people left in the company. Um, and this was over a span of two and a half years. So massive growth and massive shrinking, right? Right. All in one very short period of time. And I said, Hey, I, I have a skill. I know how to do these things. I can make websites. So let me try. And this was in early 2000s. And uh, 18 months in, I found myself sitting at a desk at a design firm working full-time again for myself because I didn't know of all of the other things, of the business end of things, and really just how to manage clients. Fast forward to 2010, uh, I left the design agency world for my own business now. And I struggled again because I was doing a lot of different things. I was doing Ruby on Rail projects. I was doing Java development. I was doing custom PHP work. I was doing all of these various things. And at about two years into that, I said, I can't, I'm burned out. Like, there's no, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had literally just got engaged to my then girlfriend at the time, now my my wife, and just a, a month prior. And I said to her, I, I'm going to have to go back and get a full-time job. Maybe this isn't for me. I don't just, you know, I don't know what to do here. And she looked at me and she's the rock in the relationship. She wants the consistency. She's not the gambler or risk taker. And she said, but that's not what you want. And we'll figure that out. And I was just like, wait, what? Like <laughs> somebody, you, the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, you just told them not to get a job. And I was just like, okay, so if she has the belief or faith in me to do this, then I got to figure it out myself. And so I really just analyzed my business um, from top to bottom, people who I worked with, personalities and all that. And what I found was, was what the problem that I was solving for my clients was giving them a solution where at that time, it was really just being able to manage a website, not be in the whole ecosystem every single day, maybe once a week, twice a month, those sort of things, but be able to make it super simple for them and be able to be flexible and robust enough to customize it, to fit the business that they need. And so while I was rolling my own CMSs in Ruby on Rails and all the rest of it, I landed it on WordPress. And I, I planted my flag and said, hey, WordPress WooCommerce at the time, because I was doing a lot of e-commerce work. I just said, hey, I'm just going to go all in. Anybody else wants anything else, 
um, I'm just going to say no to. So I went all in on WordPress. I leveraged WooCommerce, which for lucky for me, I picked the right one at the time because at that time they had all of them were out there. WP e-commerce, yeah. there's a whole bunch of other ones out there. Um, but I just said, hey, WooCommerce, WordPress. And that was the first time I really specialized my business. And I saw you know, the burnout go away, the stress go away. I was it, The decisions for me to take on or not take on clients became almost easier at that point because while I could do those other things, I just said no, because I was able to then define the solution and help my customers or my leads uh, be able to get the goal, realize the goals that they wanted to. That's great. Over to you, Adrian. So a big part of your transition, you'd say, uh, from moving into just kind of like the jack of all trades kind of deal where you're just basically taking whatever comes your way, the big transition into establishing, you know, somewhere where you're happy and, and you feel fulfilled in what you do is really that, that planting that flag somewhere. So would you say that's right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is it, we all as creative professionals, whether you're a designer, developer, we want to please everybody. It's just, I, that's how I felt. Like I've experienced that just in talking with all of these people over the past 15, 20 plus years. So for us to say, yeah, this, this project's not quite a fit for me, but yeah, I could still do it, right? Like I could do it and I could put a value to it and I could put a price on it and things of that nature. It's not what, that's not how you run a business. Just because you can do it, it's not something that you should be doing. And so I just figured out that what I do for my clients, and this was through communication with my existing clients. That's how I figured out exactly what I do um, and why they like to be with me and why they like to stay on and actually pay their monthly fee um, so that I learned that. And I just turned that back around and said, hey, if I'm doing this for other people, then there are other people in the market that also need this and I can help them too. Right. So for someone who's probably, because I can't tell you the amount of times that I've run into the exact same situation, you know, someone comes up to me and they want all of this stuff. And in the back of, you know, in the back of our minds, we're thinking, you know, maybe that's not the best idea. I don't really want to do that. It would be easier to just do it this way. But that person is like, you know, they've got the, the horse blindfold on or what, what are those things called? Jonathan, do you know? Blinders. Yeah. yeah. They're called blind. They got the blinders on and they can't, they can't see any other way forward. How, how do you, you deal with that? Because, you know, obviously as the one who's actually getting the check at the end of the day, and we're looking at our rent bill and we're like, that has to be paid. Uh, how, how do you, how do you circumvent that? Is there, is there a strategy that you have in order to communicate with the people that come to you with those requests or, or do you just basically just, you know, draw the line and say, Hey, listen, that's not something I'm willing to do. Yeah, for me, it's all about what the problem is. So I always take it a step back. If they come at me with certain technology, like, like you're saying, the solution, um, for me, I have to approach it like a doctor. Yes, you may show up and you say, I have poison ivy on my arm because I was out gardening over the weekend. Now I have this rash. Okay, the doctor's going to take that and that's a symptom. But the doctor's still going to do some analysis and diagnostics to figure out if it is poison ivy or something worse or something less, right? And so that's what essentially my sales process is, is really just to take that as a, as a symptom of their problem. And I dive deeper into their problem. What is it about this technology? Why did why does this project matter now? Why is it important now and not six months 
from now or six months prior. And so I just dive in and I change the conversation from the tech, you know, that they're looking at to what the bigger picture is. And it's usually not anything related to the technology and you just have to really just be a little bit more in control of the conversation, if you will, at those initial stages for those people that really do have those blinders on. But if then it gets to a point where they just keep circling back, even though that I'm asking them all these other questions, they keep circling back to the technology. Well, for me, that's a red, red flag. Number one, right? It's Fair enough. I have two red flags. If I I've learned over the years, if there's two red flags, we don't do any work together. And so if that red flag there is a signal to me, then I just say, hey, look, there are way more cost-effective options than me out there that could implement this for you. And it's just... Totally screw it up. <laughs> right? like, I mean, basically, that's, that's... I mean, but I say to them, I say, you could do that. You're just looking for somebody to go into your account or set, write some code or whatever it is that you want to do. Why are we having this conversation? I basically try to... I try to get them to tell me no, right? And right. so that's usually when that happens, nine times out of 10, I would say, well, I, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like they, get, they get a little almost taken aback because I'm actually telling them to get lost in a way, right? Like I'm right. telling them, like, I'm not good match for you. So maybe we shouldn't even be having this conversation. I don't want to waste your time. And so... Um, <clears throat> a lot of times that's, that's really the, the context of that conversation initially is really to get the overarching picture of why we're even engaged in the first place and the importance of the project overall. Right. Brilliant. Jonathan? I don't know if you can agree with this. I'm fascinated to get your point of view on this, Jason, but any kind of medium to large project where the client is not prepared to pay, um, for paid, paid pre-investigation, pre-discovery. Um, you know, obviously they get a free half hour, one hour consultation from me, but then if it's a medium to large project um, and they haven't developed good enough documentation to either give a quote or, or really understand the full scope of the project. And then I require them to actually pay for paid discovery. And every time I've had a client that's not prepared to do it and, and then I've decided to take them on, they've been a nightmare client and it's been a terrible project. So would you agree with that, Jace? Absolutely. <laughs> for me, I, at any time I go away from the process that I've defined. And my process has been defined iteratively over the past nine plus years. Anytime I go away from that, the project isn't as successful as it could be. It could either be a complete disaster or it's just, we're not as happy as we could be. Right. And it's just because I sidestepped one thing or shortcutted, you know, I said, Hey, you don't need to fill out that form. I have a good enough idea of what your project looks like or like yourself. Like I, I need those discovery you know, scoping paid engagements sometimes because the client can't scope it out for me. And I have a half hour sales call and I tell them up front saying, if we can't figure out what that scope of work is on that sales call, then this is what it looks like next. It's going to cost X dollars. This is a discovery period. We're going to dive deep. I'm going to need a bunch of stuff from you. Um, and so that they know that even before going into the sales call. So I'm really communicative up front 
with a lot of things. I, I ask the budget up front, um, whether they're honest or not on it, but at least I want to frame a lot of these things. And so, yeah, if I, if I circumvent that initial paid discovery thing, like yourself, it never ends well. Like it's just not a good fit most times. And sometimes it's the other way. I take on a client, it's a smaller project, and I probably should have done a paid discovery initially because as we're working on the project, even though it's a smaller project, uh, there's other things that just happen, right? It's like a bowl of spaghetti and you just keep pulling that one thread out. I'm like, oh my God, where is this all coming from? So uh, it works both ways. It's almost like a, oh, go ahead. Uh, we, um, I'm just going to um, go for a break, actually, Adrian. We're at the, about the 15, 16 minute mark. So, folks, we're going to go for a break. We're coming back. Going to have another great session with Jason. Um, obviously, I'm going to ask Jason about his consultancy. About um, I think he's got some member, some courses that he has. I'm going to delve with Adrian's help into all that side. We'll be back in a few moments. If you want to spend more time making money online, then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast that first session went quick didn't it listeners of yours jason's a great guest um I'm going to pass it over to Adrian because I think he had something in the first half and I kind of interrupted him. <laughs> no worries. I, I was just, I just as a follow up to, to, to what Jason said, there's almost like a psychological trigger that when, when you have that process is lined out and you, even if it's a small or even if maybe they don't think that the process fits their personal case, making them go through the process keeps you in control of the conversation. And as long as you, the developer, the implementer, the creator stays in control of the conversation it just becomes so much easier to, to deliver on the deliverables that were agreed upon ahead of time simply because psychologically the customer is aware that you know even even if they're not like consciously aware there's that just that psychological thing that's like hey listen we're going through my process and you've been going through it this far and that's just not going to change i just wanted to add that in to the tail end of that because that's been my experience with the with the agency work as well so that's i just wanted to add that point because i thought it might be valuable that's great <laughs> so jason just to finish off our conversation in the first half um i've also had the the opposite side where i've had clients approach me with a very detailed document um of scope and it's obvious that they're they're just quote searching you know they're just either they've made a decision with somebody and they have they're either with a non-profit government entity and they're having to get so many quotes or they're looking for the cheapest how do you deal with, with the opposite side where you're hit with a very detailed um scope document but you get the feeling that they're not serious about engaging you i don't answer rfps that's it. Oh, as simple as that. If it's an RFP, it's somebody defined the scope without any, I don't have any context of that. 
So I can't give you a proposal on that. I can't give you a timeline. I can't give you a cost. I can't give you any of the details to, you know, even scope out what the functionality is going to be. So I, I've just decided that that for me is a time waster. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, they've never worked out for me either. So I, I totally agree with you. But it's hard, isn't it? Especially if the, if it looks interesting, but you've got to be disciplined, haven't you, Jason? Yeah, and that's why I say I don't do RFPs. If somebody says, hey, I have an RFP for you or there is that detailed scope, I say, that's good. So whoever gave you that, go with them. That's it. I think that's excellent advice. Now, you've gone into the coaching area, and am I correct, you're also running some courses. Is that correct, or, or have I got that completely wrong? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a sort of a, a course, if you will. I look at it more of like an academy, really, because what happens is, is uh, and it wasn't something that I had planned. It was more just a, I kept getting asked a lot of different questions, and people were asking, hey, do you do coaching? Do you have anything that tells us how to do the things that you do? Um, a lot of it came off of the back of in you know, 2014, 2015. People were asking, how are you charging what you charge per month? And when there's folks like WP Curve charging $69. And so I said, well, I'm not WP Curve and I'm not doing support and backup and that so I don't do any of that stuff. So it's a different, it was a mindset where I, I had planted my flag in the WordPress space, but then people started aligning me to those, those spaces because I was doing recurring, recurring contracts, predictable income, those sort of things. Whereas people were either doing maintenance or they were doing large projects that were just one-offs. And so I was fitting myself kind of in between and people were just asking how I was doing that. Um, and once I got enough people asking about this thing, I said, well, maybe there's a way in which I can help people in a more formalized way. Um, so I wound up by building out Feast and that's the coaching and community platform. So there's lessons, there's resources, there's 70 plus lessons and resources inside there. We do monthly roundup calls uh, where I facilitate the community coming on, much like what we're doing here. And we just kind of talk and go over client situations and scenarios and, hey, what tool are you using for this and those sort of things. But also, I know that everybody's business is a unique snowflake, even though that it's really not. But the thing is, is when you find yourself online, there's a problem that you are looking to solve at that point in time, right? And so when somebody comes into Feast, we have an initial call, right? 15 minutes, a half hour where I build out a custom syllabus. Yes, they can go to step one and go all the way through, but I could get them the quick win right away. So oh, people- that, that's fascinating. So you have this onboarding call and then in your library, your resources that you built up, you then can say, go to that part of the course, go to that, go to that, and th- that will give you the quickest resources Absolutely. for your major problem. That's fascinating. I, yeah. I love that. Because people, people come in, they, they have problem with formalizing their sales pipeline. So I have several lessons on that. Uh, some people want to know how to do cold and warm outreach right away. And so I have lessons on that. It's basically Feast is all of the resources and technology and, and methods that I've used to build my business. So as people hear and learn a little bit more about what I do and they want to do it, because that's what people are asking, I decided to formalize it. And, hey, I could put a framework around all of this, but I, 
I built Feast in the way that I wish I had a decade ago. Um, and I've been a part of many different courses online and you kind of just buy it and you're just like, you have to fend for yourself. And you're not even sure if anybody else is in this thing. Like you wonder <laughs> if you stumbled upon some archive somewhere, right? Um, but also, you know, I, how can I best help and serve somebody that now is investing in their business um, so that they get the quick win, right? Like if you're struggling with your sales pipeline, you don't want to hear about how do I client onboard? How do I, you know, do like to go through all these things? Who better than me to build out that custom syllabus, right? And so that's what somebody comes into Feast. And that's why I say it's more of an academy or a university, uh, yeah. much more so than just a course. Yeah, I'll just... Just got a comment on that before I throw it over to Adrian. Um, is that I, I think you've that's a great insight that you do this kind of initial onboarding call. And I think because the the three main areas that we cover here is WordPress, um, e learning, learning management systems, and marketing optimization. And um, a lot of people are just totally. Um, they just want to automate everything, but the automization should really be there to give you the bandwidth so you can do some personalization. <laughs> and you, you, what you've just said is so insightful, I feel. Over to you, Adrian. So I'm, I'm actually just looking at uh, your epic sales page. Uh, <laughs> res, res with three Z's.com forward slash feast. And uh, there, I just, I want to, I want you to clarify a little bit of terminology for me. So you talk a lot about on this page about quote unquote predictable income. Mm-hmm. Now we have the many different revenue models. We have recurring revenue. We have big one-off project revenue. Okay, define for us predictable income that, that if someone were to go through your course, what, what does that mean to them? means building a sustainable revenue stream into your business. Uh, that could be recurring. It could be uh, one-off projects that you can then spark word of mouth recommendations. The thing that I've always found and through conversations as well as my own business is that if you ask any service-based business what their biggest lead gen is, they're going to say word of mouth. And then I say, oh, okay, so what are you doing to spark that? Uh, nothing. It's just happenstance. It just happens. So I've built systems in my business that spark the inspiration for those word of mouth referrals. It sparks inspiration for testimonials, those sort of things. And so a lot of that is how I've built predictable income into my business because I know that by doing these sort of things that I'm going to get a certain number of leads into my business every single month that comes from that. And so that for me has built the predictable income that I need. Yes, there's one-off projects. Yes, there's recurring retainers. It's just a matter of preference as far as your business model, what you want. But you can also, I've never spent an ad dollar, one ad dollar on my services business, not one. So there's, and some people can't even say that for a business that they've just started, right? And I'm nine plus years doing this. So for me, it's important to build a sustainable business, but you, in order to get that sustainability, you need that predictability. So I use that word predictable because recurring revenue, people just automatically go right to SaaS and mm-hmm. they go some sort of uh, mindset there. So when I say predictable, it could be a SaaS, could be retainers. It could be one-off projects. It's just a matter of what your model is and building out those systems to then go ahead and build that predictable income revenue stream. 
It's all about how to how to enable the income versus the actual methodology itself. Exactly. Awesome, Jonathan. Well, we come to the end of the podcast part of the show, folks. Hopefully, Jazz is is agreeable to stay on for some bonus content, which you can see on the W. You can see the whole interview with the bonus content the quickest on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. We I tend to post there the quickest, so if you can't wait to um, see some great insights from Jazz, that's the place to go to. So. Um, Jazz, um, how can people find the best place to find more information about you and what you're up to? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rez, that's with three Z's, or Rez.com with three Z's as well. And I highly recommend that you go over there because um, uh, it's been a fascinating conversation so far. Um, Adrian, how can people find out more about you and Groundhog? You can head on over to Groundhog with two G's dot I-O. The, the multiple uh, letter ending seems to be popular on this episode. Uh, but if you, require mul- uh, if you require marketing automation, sales automation, or you're looking to just free up some time in terms of contact and communication with your list, then you can head on over to our website and download our free suite of plugins in order to be able to enable that on your WordPress website. That's great. And if you really want to support the show and get great guests and great interviews, go over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help the show. Um, and take a, take a screenshot, send it to me. And probably at the end of the year, I'm going to be doing a special offer. And anybody that's given us a review, I'll probably send you a pre-Christmas gift. Um, We'll be back next week with another great interview. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.